Hey folks, Richard Tubb here, and I'm joined today by a good friend, George Bardisi. Now, George is the president and CEO of two companies, Bardisi Enterprise, an MSP based out of Philadelphia in the States, and Bvoip, a cloud communications provider that offers MSPs flexible and reliable cloud unified communications solutions. George, it's great to see you again. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, Richard. I, I, I've been bouncing around the planet as usual. I was a little bit on a travel ban towards the uh, you know, summertime going into fall of uh, 2019. I had, a, had my first child. I was, you know, my wife had me on lockdown for a bit. Uh, and then obviously once that uh, expiration occurred, you know, I kind of went right out of the gate and I've been, I feel like I've been on a plane ever since, but you uh, are, you are a machine, my friends, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, I, I follow your stuff online and that, but you are all over the place. Where in the world are you today as we speak? Yeah. So I'm actually in Dallas, Texas today. Uh, this is, uh, the first of our U S and Canadian based partner trainings for the 2020. Um, we somehow end up bouncing through Texas a lot. It's, a big part of the United States from a geographical standpoint. Uh, so it just some for some reason or another, I always end up here uh, throughout my my year, and here I am. Fantastic. And we'll talk talk some more about that. But I wanted to let you know. I don't know if you know this, but you're in a super exclusive club here, George. In that this is your second appearance on the podcast, and there are so oh. few people who have actually done that. We spoke, didn't we, way back in Tub Talk episode 14, I think it was, where you shared the story of Bardisi Enterprises, your MSP, how you started uh, Bvoip. But for anybody, for first-time listeners, anybody who's not familiar with you, can you give us a potted history of who Bvoip are and what you do? Absolutely. So we started Bvoip out of uh, an MSP in the States, in Philadelphia. Uh, we started as a channel-only company to work with other uh, MSPs and IT service providers on a global scale. Um, we felt that taking that blueprint was super important. We feel that in this space, there's a lot of direct sale companies that have bolt-on partner programs. And we feel that the natural channel conflict that comes from that happens regularly and often. And we just feel that that wasn't the, the route for us. So when we started Bvoip, it was from the design and view of the IT service provider Everything that we've built, designed, structured, all the programs that we've rolled out have been from the view of the MSP. Uh, and we understand that they have customers and they're trying to service their customers. But you know, our goal here at Bvoip is to build the automation, the monitoring, the scalability, and the integration for the IT service provider or managed service provider. And we feel that nobody's really concentrated uh, from that view in the communication space. And that's really why we started Bvoip. You're really cleaning up at the moment. You know, you're doing uh, great work. I'm hearing lots of conversations, MSPs talking about you and things. But you're also one of this uh, this surge I've seen of MSPs who are not waiting around for somebody else to create the solution that's definitely needed. You're just grabbing the ball by the horns, going and doing it. Why do you think there's so many MSPs like yourself who are just excelling at being stepping foot into the vendor world as well? You know, it's an interesting topic, and I, I've said for a long time we should bring all these people together and have a legitimate panel because everybody has really come from a, a similar pain point at some way, shape, or form throughout their history, and out of that came a really great idea that turned into a successful company. You know, we're talking about the likes of uh, BrightGage or IT Glue or IT Boost or um, and there's, you know, Lysync, uh, Connect Booster. I mean, I could go on and on and on, but there's just, just been so many great companies that have spawned out of IT companies and managed services companies because there's been a gap. 
And we're just in the day and age right now where there's just great uh, capability to, you know, get talent from anywhere around the globe. And that's really shrunk the field down. And as a result, we've been able to rapidly see companies come up and be super successful. And you know what? Even with the consolidation that seems to be happening at the very top end of the space, we see a great amount of innovation that's happening from the bottom up. And you know what? That, you know, I know I'm from the United States and I may have a different view of the world, but like that's the American dream, so to say, right? Anybody can create anything, anywhere, anytime. There is no you know, limit to what you can do if you're willing to put in the time and effort. And we're seeing that not just from the United States, we're seeing that from around the globe. And it's very exciting time. You know, I had a call with a conference organizer in our space very recently, and they were saying, how can we make our events more exciting? And I said, it's all well and good having all the big vendors there, the names that everybody knows, but the people that people really want to meet and see are people like yourselves and these companies, you know, the small, the nimble companies who are just doing such cool stuff. And it's it's just great to see, you know, you mentioned IT Glue, Chris Day has, you know, uh, sold that business and moved on. You're just doing all these companies doing awesome things, MSPs helping MSPs. It's a, it's a great time for it. And you know what? Um, it's one of these things where this whole DevOps mentality, right? Um, if anything other than we're even seeing the MSP start to really take somebody within their organization and make them even a partial person dedicating their time on that, if not a full-time person dedicating their time on that, and that's where these things start to really get a catalyst underneath of them. And that's where you start to see really cool stuff happen. I mean, really, it doesn't take, you know, some crazy amount of investment from some PE or VC, or you have to go out there and raise funds. I mean, I know that's happening because it's so easy to do, and that's great. I feel like that's a secondary thought. I think it just needs to start with a spark, an idea. Hey, you're having a challenge. Hey, there's not a solution out there that really solves the need. It start, start from the ground up, fix your own problems. And that usually spawns into these cool startups that you've seen. Yeah. So let's talk about voice over IP. Uh, let's talk about telecoms. So I see uh, VoIP as being something that lots of MSPs try to do and a lot fewer MSPs successfully do. Uh, uh, what's the key, would you say, George, to successfully adding VoIP to your MSP's portfolio? You know, it's it's a it's a it's a fickle question and a and an a even harder beast to to overcome. You know, at the end of the day, the problem is, as all things with MSPs go, standardization. Um, too many people are trying to solve too many vendors into the same line item, and they get dragged down into the mud trying to keep all of these people up to date, trying to make sure that all these vendors are keeping them up to date with what needs to be done, educating their customers, and it spawns out of control. It's the same reason you wouldn't use five different antivirus vendors, three different backup vendors, five different firewall vendors. It becomes unscalable. And largely in the MSP space, this has been happening with voice because when they adopt new customers or prospects that ultimately convert into customers, they're just stuck in their mind at just dealing with whatever is there, probably because of contractual situation where they're locked into some sort of agreement, probably because the customer just isn't keen on having the conversation about you know, voice or communications or telecoms. But from the MSP's perspective, this should be a checkbox item. I know it's hard to think about it that way, but it should be. And so from my perspective, you should have a solution that you've decided is your default answer here, just like any other category. You should start with that solution internally, drink your own milk, drink your own Kool-Aid, whatever catchphrase you want to use, 
And once you're very confident with that solution and you know how it works inside and out and your team can make changes very quickly and your ticketing won't balloon as a result of a simple task, this is what you should be offering to your customers. That makes a huge amount of sense. Now, in terms of VoIP, and you're in Texas at the moment, uh, which I think is really cool for you know a partner training day, how do you train your partners to sell VoIP? Because everyone, every customer that is, surely already has the phone system, for instance. So is it a hard sale to, to, to sort of rip and replace? The building blocks of you know, the, you know, the foundation you know, information that we try and get across to our partners when we talk about this is the stuff that they should already be good at, right? Is the networking sound? Are they not duct taping things? Do they have the right components in place from the stuff that they should already be responsible for to overlay this on top? You think of voice as a box in the closet or a service provider in the cloud. It's an application. You're overlaying an app on top of the existing network. And if you have all of your pieces correct, the rest now is delivering the outcome your customer is looking for and how their system should work, which really changes the conversation just a little bit from making the phone ring, which has been happening since as long as I've been alive, to how does this tie into your day-to-day workflow? How does this tie into your line of business apps? How does this tie into how your organization functions on a regular basis? And that conversation is a different type of conversation. It's a business conversation, not a utility conversation. That makes sense. And I want to pick up on something that you said earlier about um, support. You know, this should be something that's simple to support, not an absolute nightmare. Now, I've seen so many MSPs who get burned with VoIP on support. So customers expect phones to just work. I know there's a lot more complexity nowadays, but they expect to pick the phone up and it just works. Um, I've seen so many MSPs turn a profit on selling a VoIP system at a profit but then all that profit disappears in the support of the system and they sort of give up and say, well, never again. How do you help partners support their customers better? 100%. And this comes back into first making sure that you're comfortable with the system and understanding the day-to-day function of the system internally so that when you go to roll this out to your customers, you know what's going on. We have created an entire library of quick videos, one, two, three minute videos on how to do simple things, hard things, how to strategize call flow, how to adjust, uh, you know, voicemail routing. I mean, some of this stuff is really overblown and how it's perceived just because in the past, all of these systems required so many steps to get just a small thing done. We've tried to bring it down to the nuts and bolts, you know, here are the one, two, three steps to get it done. And once you've done this once or twice, you've either adopted this into your own documentation process, or you just learn it and you move on. So at the end of the day, the largest challenge with voice isn't as much getting the system to do what you want it to do, although sometimes people get confused. It's more about the intermittent problems that tend to pop up, which is quality of service or the phone's just not working properly or whatever. And so what we've tried to do is design all of these tools and systems to simplify this from a remote standpoint so that they don't have to ask their customer to jump through 20 steps in order to get to a working point short of sending an engineer or a truck roll, you know, to show up in the front door and figure it out. So part of the process is simplification. Part of the process is narrowing down the how-to step-by-step into very easily consumable uh, you know, snippets. And then the last part is just making sure that you've set yourself up in the beginning 
you know, for success. Meaning if you've not done the parts properly in the first part, getting the system, you know, deployed, that will eventually sneak up and get you later on down the line. Let's just get it out of the way up front. And if you go through the two, three, four, five steps that you need to go through to make sure that the system is set up properly, your chances of the time balloon on the back end will likely disappear. Um, the challenge that we've seen specifically in support is when people are trying to take really legacy items, right? Um, Cisco SPA phones from 12 years ago, um, Polycom sound points from 2004, uh, Astra phones that are no longer supported. Anything can work. Anything can be made to work. But at scale, this is where things start to break down. So we just try and paint this picture up front for our, our partners. Does it make sense to try and save your customer a couple of pennies or dollars or pounds now only to pay for that in time down the road. Let's just solve the problem up front. It's not an expensive problem to solve. Yeah, I used to get paid a lot of money back in my corporate IT days to, to maintain Avea uh, Telecom Systems. And I've seen your platform and it is so much simpler now. I would feel guilty for taking that type of money for doing that. It's uh, so much easier now. 100%, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there are a ton of, actually, let me jump back a little bit. Something you said there about, you know, uh, enabling customers to put VoIP solutions in, uh, sorry, MSPs, uh, voice solutions in simply for their customers. Are there any situations, any scenarios, you'd say, George, where you would advise an MSP not to sell a VoIP solution? 100%. Um, hmm. Here's the reality. <laughs> not every customer is a good customer. I would highly urge MSPs and IT service providers to use VoIP as a wedge to get into the door. But if you're just selling voice as a standalone and you have no control over the networking, the firewalls, the switches, the cabling, you're just throwing it in there for an easy sale, that easy sale will probably blow up on you down the road. Um, it just, it's the nature of the beast. Everything else has to be proper in order for that to work. Also, um, the, the very small micro business customers, the one, two, three man shops, I know everybody deals with them at some stage. Um, but there's the 80, 20 rule, right? Like how many phone calls and tickets are you willing to take for somebody that's, you know, this much of your revenue? I mean, you just have to make business decisions there in some cases. And I understand that, you know, if you take a, a startup and you grow with them, they could end up becoming a mega corporation. I understand. I've been there myself, my own MSB. That's the exception to the rule. Uh, the other thing that, you know, I would tell you is something that you've probably already heard. Not every customer is a good customer. If they're demanding that you try and duct tape something because they don't want to do it right, don't do it. <laughs> Just don't do it. Uh, and then the other thing I would advise is if you're going into a very large opportunity, I'm talking about a, you know, more of an enterprise or, you know, just you, know, you may be punching above your weight. Um, maybe don't go into that opportunity by yourself. Uh, you may need to partner with somebody in order to really tackle that project so that you don't uh, overpromise on the board. That makes sense. Thanks for answering that. And, and what I was going to ask is, we mentioned a few unified comms platforms there or telecoms platforms. There is a ton of UC platforms out there, you know, more names than I can mention, but not very many MSP-friendly platforms. Are there any platforms that you're winning a lot of business away from that perhaps you'd be able to uh, to, to make? I mean, I mean, listen, they're the big box providers that are that are all over the world, right? You know, you hear the Ring Centrals, the eight by eights, the Vonages. I mean, in the UK specifically, you're running into guys like Gamma, and you're running into guys like you know uh, Spitfire and stuff like that. Here's the reality: 
These are direct sale companies that have bolt-on partner programs. The challenge here, again, is the channel conflict. This happens with Microsoft. This happens with Dell. This happens everywhere. You end up at some point converging with the inside sales team versus the channel partner. And then at some point, a problem occurs. And the, the winner of that problem, somehow, for some reason, is always the inside direct sales <laughs> And you lose. I, I just do not appreciate having to fight with my vendor uh, especially with, again, I said consolidation earlier in this, in this call, you know, like with Cisco acquiring Broadsoft and then the service providers, like the vendor of the vendor is now selling directly to the end customer. It's, it's all mushing together and nobody wants to lose their customer to an underlying vendor. And all of a sudden it's not just about telephony. It's about the entire book or the entire, you know, agreement for everything that you're offering. So are we winning business against the big box providers? Absolutely. Are we seeing an uptick, you know, with Microsoft and teams and the marketing budget that Microsoft's putting out there? No question. I would still argue that as popular as teams is the percentage of people who are using teams as a voice solution is single digits globally. I know they're pushing hard on it. And so what we've decided to do at BVoip, uh, and this is something that's uh, going to be announced shortly here, uh, but I'm happy to you know, you know, discuss it, is instead of fighting teams, you can effectively use teams as the last mile component to deliver the phone call. And all of the strategy, the call logic, the integration that we've invested in and other people have done as well can work in conjunction with that. So as a result, it's not just delivering a dial tone provider, a SIP provider into Teams just to make a cheap phone call. It's actually overlaying the entire call center style functionality and routing and logic and then utilizing Teams as a glorified endpoint or soft phone. Um, that's a win, right? Because then if the Microsoft strategy is your game, you can still deliver that strategy, but with all the functionality that just is not there. Um, so, you know, again, a lot of it is trying to overcome the marketing message, you know, the it's so easy a caveman can do it message. It's not, but, you know, instead of trying to fight the $100 million marketing budget, you can actually be a little bit more strategic in that. That is very cool. So BVoIP integration with Teams just around the corner. It's in, it's, we're piloting in right now. We have it running internally. We have a few of our, you know, uh, select partners testing it in different regions. Uh, it seems to be a hybrid deployment where effectively, and I don't know if you noticed, teams went down just a couple of weeks ago, you know, almost globally. Um, so in that case, the phone system, your call routing, your all of that stuff was still working and teams is down. Oops. But, you know, now it's a redundancy conversation. It's a strategy conversation. It's a functionality conversation all wrapped up into one. And uh, as a result, uh, we think our partners will win because you don't need, you can benefit from the oversubscription effect of not having to bolt on a calling plan for every single user that's effectively an extension on the phone system. Um, that's traditionally, I know how telecoms and hosted voice guys have been offering this, uh, but in our world, we think oversubscription is how our partners will ultimately make money because unless it's a call center, likely not everyone's on the phone at the same time. Very cool. I like that a lot. Now, let's dig a little bit deeper into the MSP-specific features of uh, BVoIP. So, MSPs, you're still an MSP at the moment. I used to be an MSP. We're huge fans of this single pane of glass, you know, just having a screen to look at everything on there. Um, in terms of... In 
instance, with all the different tools that MSPs have, what does that look like for, for BVOIP partners? Yeah, we, we've been, um, <laughs> we've kind of fumbled into creating all these different tools and systems, and we've been slowly unifying them together because we saw, we were solving specific needs and now we're trying to bring it all together. So yes, we were like, uh, you know, we've basically run into our own challenge of trying to solve problems, but not necessarily build all these tools in a way to wrap them all together. We've narrowed them down into three categories. We have our central partner portal where you can monitor all of your accounts. You can order new accounts. You can manage your services. You can make changes. We have our secondary portal outside of that, which is monitoring devices, firmware, updates, you know, reprovisioning a device remotely, all that stuff, almost like a VoIP device RMM, if you would. And then lastly is our integration portal, OneStream, which ties into the ERPs, the PSAs, the CRMs, and does all of the, you know, business intelligence type stuff. So while these portals uh, are separated, they are strung together. You can jump from portal to portal to portal. And we've been slowly consolidating these points of entry into a starting position. And we feel like by the end of this year, uh, we'll have that project completed so that that single starting point, you know, promise is actually, you know, met. Awesome. Awesome. And I'm really glad you mentioned, you know, the ERP and the PSA and the CRM. When I was a younger man, the big uh, sort of promise for VoIP was, hey, at some point, VoIP will connect into your ERP system. And as a phone call for your customers comes in, it will pop up on the screen with all the notes, everything. I have never really seen that come to pass, George. You know, is the future here? Is that happening now? Uh, I mean, I'll tell you right now, um, if you go back to the, you know, like, 1995 days where you could use tappy with click to dial and have like a little pop-up toast. (laughs) This stuff has been talked about for years. And frankly, um, generally as a market expectation, it hasn't progressed too much. Uh, And that's the challenge, right? Just popping up a single customer record or being able to click on a phone number to dial it. I mean, we're talking about stuff that they were selling in, you know, 25 years ago, you know, the the story has to have progressed. And in super enterprise, the credit card companies, the cable TV providers, the, you all call in, you type in your account number, you talk into the IVR and all of a sudden, you know, you're supposed to be able to get to somebody that has your information on their screen. But I'm sure you, Richard, have run into the same problem I've run into where you call into the credit card company, you talk to the first person, you say, I have a problem. They're like, oh, we need to transfer you to this other department. And then the person who takes the next call has no clue who you are, has no information about you and you're starting your story all over again. Drives you bananas. Yeah, even they have the same problem, right? So we feel like this has been a huge missing gap from an MSP point of view, meaning there's a massive tool and system investment at the MSP level. I would argue if you're legitimately in the MSP game, and in my opinion, that means more than 50% of your revenue is reoccurring at this point. You're, you've invested in systems. There's no way you're doing it with Excel and Notepad and you know just you know consolidating a bunch of files together. There's PSAs, there are RMMs, there's monitoring systems, there's antivirus, there's you know this whole new cybersecurity front that's all now coming in. There's you know reporting systems. There's all sorts of stuff. And I would argue there's multiple vendors. It's probably not just one. And the problem though is that. That's great that you've realized that you need automation at some level or tools at some level to mature your businesses and grow. But from a telephony standpoint, I argue 
that if you ask any 10 MSPs, are any of those tools automated when they're making and receiving calls, I'm going to say they're going to tell you no. And I would say that that means that this conversation has not been solved largely at the service provider level and progress it forward. If they haven't solved it internally, how are they solving it for their customers? Probably not. So you roll it all back in. Yes, there are you know platforms out there. We've spent a tremendous amount of our development resources and time to start solving this problem. We spent five years building, 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 building to finally mature that workflow, that process, that experience. But I would say naturally, if you go to a big box provider, let's say you call the BT in, in the UK and you ordered hosted voice, yeah, your phone will ring. Yeah, you can transfer a call. And then that's going to be pretty much where it ends. You're just not going to see that. Yeah. And I think it's another example of you being an MSP, serving other MSPs as well. You're doing the things that people want. So, yeah. Just before we move on from integrations, uh, move the conversation forward there. I was having a mooch around on your partner portal uh, the other day. You've got some really interesting add-ons from third parties on there as well. One of the things that jumped out, professionally recorded voice prompts, for instance. Uh, Very cool. Tell us more about the partner portal. Yeah, I mean, listen, like I said, we're trying to take all of these things that we've, you know, created, designed and deployed over the years and bring them all back to that central point. You know, we don't want our partners to have to jump through three different, four different windows to get to the same place. You know, like in web design, if you have to click more than three times, you fail. (laughs) Same thing. So, you know, you know, this is just one cog in the wheel, right? Our partners, you know what ends up happening? Because I just brought it up in this training session before this call. You know, the person who ended up getting you know, made responsible to deploy the phone system for that user ends up having to record the prompt. Oh, yeah. You know, like this is such a simple problem to solve. Why don't we just make it formal? You know, so we're just constantly trying to fix, you know, the little presentation things that ultimately get left, you know, or, or, or basically fall through the crack. And, and if we make that easy and simple for a little bit extra, now all of a sudden it's more professional, your customer's way happier, your voice isn't out there everywhere. It's better, trust me. I love it because when I used to be an MSP, let's just say that the guys who are best at deploying VoIP platforms are not necessarily the guys with the best voices for recording the voice prompts. And that's what tickled me about that. So, yeah. 100%, I agree with you. So let's talk, uh, let's get geeky for a minute here, George, and let's talk deployment, uh, device provisioning. So I can remember spending more hours than I care to mention, crawling under desks and trying to get handsets working properly and all that sort of, all that jazz. What does the provisioning system look like nowadays? Yeah, it's very simple, right? So uh, provisioning is MAC address based, right? Your MAC address determines your device, your model number, what firmware you should be on. As long as you have that information. So let's say you order some equipment, you pull that, that information gets sent back to you after the order has been processed. You drop it into the provisioning portal, which preps all of the various pieces necessary so that the first time that phone is plugged into the internet, it's downloaded its firmware, it's downloaded its profile, it's registered back to the system, it's now remotely accessible, and all you did was plug it in. I mean, that's what we're talking about. Once this, the phone is deployed, I need to be able to manage these devices in an RMM style way where I can remote into them, reboot them, reprovision them, upgrade them, you know, you just factory set them and have them start all over again without having to have a human being touch something because 
how many times have you asked your customer to reboot it and they didn't do it? It happens all the time. We need to streamline that time investment. So that provisioning process has been boiled down to the absolute simplest you know, automation process. So plug in your MAC addresses, assign them to your customer. And then effectively, now that they're in the system, you plug them in and the rest should just work. The only challenge that you'll run into is one of two scenarios or three scenarios. One, you're trying to provision a device that was already provisioned somewhere else. So if you're adopting a customer from another platform, uh, that provider has to release those phones from the manufacturer's you know, account so that you can reprovision them. So if you're a, you know, if it's not new and you're taking over phones that the customer already has, that's one thing that does happen too. If the devices that you're trying to utilize, again, are not new and they're ancient, um, they're pre-2014, they don't have embedded SSL certificates, they're the older Cisco SPAs from ancient you know, times, you know, you're probably going to have to manually configure those. It's going to take more time per device, and as a result, it's going to take your installation time up and your labor time up. Lastly, um, if you're trying to get a device uh, that's been on the shelf for a while, uh, I'm talking maybe a year or two, and the firmware is really far behind. I'm talking like 10 revisions have been posted since that device has been last used. You're likely going to have to upgrade that firmware one time to get it close enough to the modern firmware versions so that the rest of this just occurs. Now, of course, if you're buying new devices, none of these issues occur. You know, you just go through the normal steps, you drop ship the phones, you plug them in, and you move on. Uh, the challenges usually pop up when they're existing devices that have to be repurposed or if they're devices that are just way older, and now all of a sudden your time investment skyrockets a bit. Incredible. And I said this to somebody the other day, if there's somebody out there who knows more about VoIP than you, George. I want to meet them because these guys are going to be super clever. And I think our listeners are probably going to get that impression now. Let, let's stick on this, uh, the geeky side of things for a minute. What about soft handsets? Mm. Uh, remote workers using their smartphone as landline handset, for instance. What, what does that look like nowadays? Yeah, I mean, it's you know QR codes and apps from the app store. There's not much to it. Uh, we did take a um, secure approach to this. Uh, we rolled out a system called Barricade, which is a secondary factor for VoIP, which you may not even consider was a reality, uh, but VoIP is a security situation too. You got to check that box. So when you go to provision a um, desktop device like a Windows or a Mac device or an iOS or an Android, you're installing two apps. You're installing a security app, which is your security secondary factor token, and you're installing the actual soft application um, you know, for your particular operating system. It's very simple, either uh, inst you know, download the app and you know, use a QR code for camera-enabled devices, or you send an email with an attachment, you open up the attachment, it provisions your app. Uh, it's so easy, a caveman can do it in that sense. It's not meant to be difficult, uh, but the two-app approach effectively secures everybody to make sure that uh, their, you know, extension isn't exposed to the world. And at some point, you know, the bad guys brute force enough that they figure out your password after weeks and months, and then bad things happen after that. Yeah. Anything else that MSP should be aware of with VoIP security? It's, a, it's starting to become an area that you need to pay attention to. Uh, I just mentioned recently that a few weeks ago, uh, Yealink, who is the number one phone manufacturer for VoIP devices globally at this point, they surpassed Polycom 
uh, just, you know, not uh, this past year, I believe. Uh, but basically their redirection server was compromised. I believe a German IT security firm found some vulnerabilities, reported it to them, and now all of a sudden they jumped to start making changes. Um, so the challenge with VoIP security is you don't often think about your phone system or unified comms platform as a security concern, but think about the information that's held at the phone system level, uh, call logs, which means phone numbers of people that you might, you know, might be proprietary, might be customers, vendors, prospects, you know, how often do you really think that information should hit the street? Uh, of course, the directory in the phone system may expose who's working at the company, how to get a hold of them, their extensions or emails. You know, this is information that otherwise would be gate kept, you know, when you're calling the main number and the receptionist is taking a message and you never get the, you know, the callback. Uh, the other thing to be concerned about is, um, now, when you start to get into certain verticals around information that could be left in voicemails and call recordings, uh, I know PCI is a popular topic. I know medical is a pop, uh, uh, you know, a high topic. Uh, depending on the industry, this is information that you know could be very private. Um, so that's the type of information that needs to be safeguarded. Uh, and, and lastly, you know, just ultimately, you know, a, a, an attacker utilizing the network endpoint in this case, a VoIP device. Uh, as an entry into the network, um, that is a scenario that could happen. You hear about, you know, the thermostat being the way that the hacker got into the network. Um, the phone or the printer or the copier or the, you know, the now IOTs, this big thing where there's all these devices now interconnected. Uh, in the United States, so, you know, laws have been passed now where the Chinese camera manufacturers can't have admin admin as the default password, right? So, you know, at the end of the day, um, there is security concerns around VoIP. Uh, you, if you're not, you know, you should ask your provider, you know, whoever you're using, if you haven't, you know, how that stuff is being uh, protected. And if it's just the voicemail pin number, which is a four digit numerical code, um, that's probably not good enough uh, in 2020. So there's definite things that you should be concerned about. Uh, you have to ask the right questions. Uh, naturally, the challenge with VoIP uh, for ages has been convenience means that you can use your system anywhere, but that also leaves your system open to be attacked from anywhere. Uh, and then of course people are like, oh, just geo filter the IP addresses. Uh, again, it's 2020, uh, you can spin up a hosting account, Azure account, AWS, Google, whatever it is in any country, in any data center. And now all of a sudden that traffic is coming from inside of the country that you're in. And then your firewall is not thinking that that's from Russia or China or whatever. But yes, VoIP is something that you should consider needs to be secure. Uh, it's not been very well talked about. Uh, it's something that you need to, you know, check the box and make sure that it's correct. Amazing, amazing. I'm in awe of your knowledge in this area. And I say that not just to, uh, to make you blush a little bit, but you are a world-class expert in this. Thank you. Now, we've covered a lot of topics here. Is there anything that I've not covered with BVoIP? What's happening exciting? What have you got on the horizon? We have had explosive inquiries around our OneStream integration platform from you know, MSPs and IT companies around the globe, uh, especially with investments in the Autotask and the ConnectWises and the Kaseyas and you know, the bright gauges, the IT glues, uh, the ability to get the reportability, the tracking, the dashboards, the you know, basically changing the workflow 
to speed up the interaction of phone calls between your staff and your customers, all the way up to a progressive dialer for sales teams. So, you know, so they could wrap it through going down and calling their prospects and making sure all of their records are, are properly populated in their ERP or CRM. And there you can record voicemail drops and, you know, power through those calls. You know, we've done a tremendous amount of work around this, you know, just to give you an idea since the second week of January until now, uh, every day of the business week, Monday through Friday, we've announced a new feature uh, in OneStream. Uh, we have we are we have a roadmap, you know, uh, a mountain uh, tall of things that we're in the middle of working on, and we think that this changes literally the day to day workflow of the MSP. This changes the visibility of the information that they should be tracking. Let me ask you a question, Richard. If you ask an MSP, how many missed calls have you had per day and how many calls per hour are you missing? And should you be shifting staff resources during different hours of the day to make sure that you're not missing those calls? I would argue the amount of work those MSPs would have to do just to answer that one question is you know crazy. Agreed. And this is a customer service thing that they need to solve. That's just one angle, right? What about the customer who's saying, I want to make sure that you're doing work for me. It's the double-edged sword of MSP. If everything's right and everything's working, the customer never sees a problem. Why are they paying their bill? Well, how about presenting the customer with a call management report of every single call that came to and from that customer, you know, how many calls came in, how, how fast they were answered. They can actually play the call recordings of the call if you send the customer a report so they can listen to make sure that the staff who are saying that everything's not good are not, you know, are complaining to management are not the same people who are calling in saying, oh no, it's working now. You know, this is the constant challenge with customer experience versus is the work actually getting done? You know, we're trying to solve multiple angles under one umbrella. And frankly, access to information, as I said earlier in this call, you know, is paramount to being very, very efficient or not. You know, imagine a call came in, I immediately recognized the phone number, I immediately recognized what company, what contact, all of a sudden, the, the PSA record, all the tickets for that contact pop up, the IT glue dashboard for that user pops up. I got everything in front of me to actually start getting on with the work rather than having to dig through the system just to get to a starting point. Now, let's say I took that call. All right, Mr. Customer, you know, you were working with Richard last week and he was the one that can, you know, knows most about this. Let me get you over to him. Or, you know what, I got to transfer you to tier two because that person and that team is more knowledgeable with this particular product that you're working on. And you can do a smart transfer and every record that popped up on your screen, every ticket you selected, every note that you entered is now on the screen of the person who takes the call next. I mean, this is stuff that simply makes your company more efficient. You can get the analytics and metrics around it, and you can even go as far as targeted call routing, where now all of a sudden, instead of your customer having to bounce around your organization to get to the right point, I can actually take that call immediately and get it to the right team, right person, right account manager. And, and there's just so much more that we've done around this topic. Consider it a call center approach for managed services companies. Consider it business intelligence for managed services companies. We can even extend all of this functionality down to the end customer. They're using systems like Salesforce, like HubSpot, like Infusionsoft, like NetSuite. I mean, this is no different than you using a ConnectWise or Autotask within your organization. This changes the conversation to a strategic business conversation, not about making the phone ring.
This is incredible, absolutely incredible. And I'd encourage anybody listening to this to check that out. In fact, I can hear MSPs listening to this saying, okay, I'm sold. Tell me more. How can people reach out to you to find out about the BeVoip MSP program? Absolutely. So BeVoip.com, if you go to slash contact, you can see all of our various numbers in the different regions of the world. Um, we're happy to show you this, demo this. We've done a tremendous amount of videos and short clips again so that you can see a lot of these features that are coming out. If you go to bvoip.com slash one stream, so the number one and stream all together, you can see all the information about that platform, all the new updates that have come around it. And we are absolutely at a breakneck speed creating new functionality, new tie-ins to this, to the point where we feel that this conversation, and we're seeing it right now, the majority of our calls coming in are, I need this in my MSP. Can you solve for this? Can you help me get to this information? Can you make my staff more efficient? Especially with the multi-region companies, right? If you have multiple offices or you're servicing multiple parts geographically of the world, you know, being able to tie all that information together into one place really brings it back to, do I have the information necessary to know that my business is running smoothly? Fantastic, George. Um, I could talk to you about VoIP all day. I get so much energy from our conversations. It's just incredible. I know the listeners will agree with me, but I know you've also got a room full of partners there who you've got to go and have a, uh, go, got to go and train up. Before we go, Heather, my friend, I've got to talk Instagram with you. <laughs> you're one of my favorite Insta peers and your account, it's uh, GRDC on Instagram. You've got a mixture. You've got this such a cool mixture of like wisdom, uh, but the most wonderful food porn I have ever seen, my friend, on an Instagram account. <laughs> it's brilliant. You've also, you mentioned you've become a dad recently as well. Congratulations on that. How cool is your life right now? I, you know, listen, um, life's short. I know everybody hears that cliche. Um, my, I've seen people in my family go way too soon. Um, it's pretty cool. You know, and, and I, you know what, I don't want to, you know, look back in five or 10 years from now, you know, God willing, and, you know, I'm still around and doing well and say that, uh, I didn't have a chance to go, you know, live life and explore the world a little bit. I mean, trust me, I work around the clock. You know, my people call me a robot. They don't know when I sleep. I'm responding <laughs> back to emails at two and three and four o'clock in the morning. And they just don't know what time zone I'm in sometimes. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, listen, you know, sometimes the simple things are great. Sometimes being able to meet cool people is great. You know, being able to view things that otherwise I wouldn't be able to do personally if I wasn't out on a mission to try and solve this problem for MSPs. Uh, it's pretty cool. And you know what? Um, you know, outside of my crazy sports fanaticism, you know, NFL and, and my Philadelphia Eagle uh, NFL team and, and outside of my, you know, crazy uh, travel schedule for work, I love food. I love movies. I love cool things that you run into. And every time I go into an office, I find some weird thing, um, which you saw today, downloading. I thought that was uh, very interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, it's fun. It's fun. And you know what? I advise everybody to keep it light because you know what? It is too short. And uh, sometimes you need to break the seriousness, right? Enjoy it for a minute. I mean, desserts are great. You see what? You see all those desserts. I need to lose a few pounds, I think, Richard, but I love my desserts. Oh, well, keep, keep the food porn coming, though, because I absolutely love that. You're <laughs> but no, good advice for life there, George. George, it's been an absolute pleasure catching up with you, my friends. You're one of my favorite people in the industry to speak with. I get so much energy from you, and I think our listeners will agree. Uh, you are an absolute delight, an absolute pleasure to hear from. Thanks so much for your time today, mate. I appreciate your time, Richard. Talk soon. Take care. 
Hey folks, Richard here. Thanks for listening today. I know you've got a ton of options for who you listen to nowadays, so I really appreciate your support. Do you have any feedback on this episode? Ideas for future guests? Tweet me at Tublog using the hashtag TubTalk. I respond to every tweet and really appreciate your feedback. Hey team, this is Richard again. Just one more thing before you take off, and that is MSP Insights. Now, every Tuesday, I share my thoughts on the business of IT with you, the managed service community. Thousands of managed service providers already subscribe to MSP Insights. It's easy to sign up, easy to cancel. MSP Insights is basically a short email from me every Tuesday without fail with advice on growing your IT business, plus cool resources I found, discovered, or started exploring that week. It's kind of like my diary of cool things and often includes articles or books I've read, tools I've discovered and events I think you'd be interested in, often sent to me by my friends and Tub Talk podcast guests. So if that sounds fun, a short tiny bite of MSP goodness every Tuesday and you'd like to try it out, just go to go.tub.co forward slash Tuesday. That's go.tub.co forward slash Tuesday. Drop in your email and you'll get the very next one. Thanks for listening.